You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. Hello and welcome to The Conversation Caravan, young podcasters interviewing authors and visual storytellers at Scribblers Festival 2022. This is Lily with author Karen Ginane. They talk about living in London, why Karen would love to go to Cuba, and her dual loves of travel and writing. Hello everyone, you're listening to Scribblers Radio in the Conversation Caravan. I'm Lily Johnson and today I'm here interviewing Karen Ganane, the young adult author of When Days Tilt and the recently released sequel, When Souls Tear. Okay, I really like young adult books. Is there a difference between writing young adult compared to kids or adult books? I guess there is. Hello Lily, it's lovely to be here. Um, oh, it's a you. pleasure to be in this really lovely little caravan. Um, I suppose the difference really is uh, when I approach writing, I don't actually consciously write differently for kids or for adults. It's the same process and the same sort of, you're trying to create an immersive world and you're, you know, you're going into your characters, whatever it is that they're facing in their conflicts and their desires. But I suppose the subject matter. So it's, it's more to do with the subject matter and, and what, and what, how you discuss things and yeah. perhaps the language a bit, but Again, with language, I don't really consciously change my language for... I've got a lot of respect for kids, and I remember being that age myself, and I think often kids are um, underestimated. You know, young readers can be incredibly sophisticated, and I think particularly in terms of concepts and and what they can deal with, and even darkness, I think kids are, are much more capable than we give them credit for. So I think... I guess you have to be a bit respectful, obviously, for younger readers, particularly what you talk about, and you have to make it age-appropriate. Um, but that aside, I don't really um, approach it that differently, although I would say the thing that you have to be really... I think I think a very important thing about writing for children is you have to leave with a sense of hope. However dark you get during the actual talking about the um, subject matter or whatever topics you delve into, I think it's really important to leave with a sense of hope. Yeah. That's really good. How do you get your inspiration for your books? Everywhere. The world around me. Um, this particular series, the Time Catcher series, is, is based in London, historical London and a parallel world. And for me, it was the actual city of London that was my inspiration. It was place in this ta- in this ter- sense. And it was um, when I, I lived in London for years and coming from Perth, um, I was really struck by the difference. I was, I was much younger when I lived in London. And it was the first old city I'd lived in, so I was really struck by this sense of it being like this character and with, full of stories and, and just, just seeping into the land almost, which wasn't the sense I got of Perth, which is a very young city plonked on top of a very old land. So, yeah, but everywhere, snippets of conversation on the bus, little funny scenarios you might see when you're wa- out and about walking, a, a doorway, and you may think, oh, what if? What if is always on, uh, you know, very close to the top of my mind. Yeah, basically everywhere. Newspaper articles, everywhere. What do you think makes a good book? I think, um, for me, character is really important. And I think you have to really care about the character. And it doesn't matter whether it's fantasy, historical, another world, or the, or the contemporary world. I think you have to firstly immerse your writer in that world. And then, so, so they really can sense every detail of it. But you have to care about the character. You have to, you don't have to like the character, but you do have to be able to relate to them and, and understand their motivations, understand what they want and really care about them getting there. So I guess, I think character is really key to any story. Mm. Where do you like writing? I write anywhere. I, I write, I, you know, 
I, I'm not a full-time writer and, and many writers are not full-time writers. So you, you get very good at writing around the edges of the day and you just sort of snatch 10 minutes here, snatch I've got two kids and so I used to, I wrote a lot of When Days Tilt um, waiting for my daughter to finish her gymnastics class, you know, and, and that was where I, I did a lot of my writing because she, she had really long gymnastics classes. <laughs> Um, now I'm fortunate enough to have my own little studio, which is an old laundry that, that was in the, um, the garden of our house at home in where I live in Melbourne. And, and that's, that's my happy place. I love to write in there, but I can write anywhere. I love writing in cafes. I love writing in libraries. White noise. It, it, yeah. What do you do when you get writer's block, if you do get it? Um, I don't... I've never had really bad writer's block. I mean, it's always like you get a bit stuck sometimes. And I'll do one of two things generally. I'll get up and move physically. I think that's really important. I have to, the mind and the body is so connected. And I'll walking is really important to my routine as a writer. And I'll often just go and just let my mind slip into that. I won't, I won't have headphones. I won't be listening to podcasts, nothing like, and I'll, I won't even be necessarily observing what's going on around me because I go on these walks that I'm very familiar with. And you just sort of let your mind slip a little bit and you just sort of go into this zone where you're sort of vaguely aware of what's around you, but you're really in a dream, bit of a dream state. You're sort of thinking about the world that you're creating or the characters or whatever. Um, so, yeah, physical movement for me and also free writing, which is something I bang on about all the time. And I'm going to be doing it in a workshop later. And that's just where you just write without letting your pen stop. That's the only rule. You just write or, or keyboard if you're on a keyboard. And and basically the idea is to sort of outrun all those sort of the, the rational mind, the conscious mind, which has got all those worries and maybe is a bit stuck and, and see what else pops up. In your book, When Days Tilt, there were a lot of twists and turns that I didn't see coming. How Good. do you think up those plot twists? Mm. So I would like to be able to say it was all planned out and I knew exactly what was going to happen at any one time and it was completely, you know, organised and in this, you know, beautiful process. It was actually not like that. It was a bit of a mess. So the, basically the way I write is I sort of do this creative, just get it all down on the page in a brush and it's you don't necessarily even know what's going to happen. You might have an idea of key scenes and, and how you want it to end in the broad arc and structure, but... The detail and the plot twist, they, they sort of came as I as I did the editing process a lot of it because you sort of like, oh, I've got this great idea. and Or sometimes there's a knotty problem and you can't figure it out in the plot and then you go on one of those walks or you do some free writing and sometimes you just wake up the next day and you have the solution. So, yeah, it, it unfolded. It's a sto- I, I sort of learnt the stories I was going um, along a lot of the time. I heard you wrote a book when you were only 10. <laughs> what advice do you have for young writers? Advice I have for young writers is to write. That is it, really. And and to have fun doing it because that is the key. Don't lose the fun, don't lose the joy, and don't lose that sense of play because I think we can get so hung up on doing something well or doing something right, and that is a bit of a killer for any creative process. So I would say keep writing, keep open and curious, um, keep keep seeing the world and don't think you know. You know, sort of see the world as you would as a stranger. Did books influence your childhood a lot? Oh, God, yeah. I was such a bookworm. I was really shy as a kid and I um, used to retreat into books on quite a regular basis and I used to go into the library. I, I grew up in Morley in Perth and my local school was Camboon. And, and my parents would take us to the library on a regular basis and every week and that was like the high point. I'd come out with as many books as you're allowed every week. So, yes, very much so. I, I used to love escaping into different worlds. Do you have a process when writing? Um, 
I I tend to write, um, as I said before, in a bit of a rush. I sort of dump everything onto the page as a first draft and then I go back afterwards and impose order on it. So there'll be, that's when I do my make make it fit into a plot, <laughs> figure out where the holes are, figure out what research I need to do, and then I rewrite and I rewrite and I rewrite. And and every author will, will say that bit is the same. I mean, rewrite, writing is rewriting. Um, so as I, you sort of polish it, and I think that's quite important for young writers to realise too, is that every first draft is a mess. Every first draft is weak and full of holes and needs work. And you don't look at that and think, oh my God, I'm a terrible writer. You think, no, no, this is just the start of me telling myself the story. And then you go on and you make it better and you strengthen it. What's your favourite part of being a writer? Probably that creative dump, that beginning bit where you just, almost you don't really know exactly what's going to happen. And my favourite bit is when a character does something that you didn't expect. When you're writing and suddenly they're off and they're doing something completely unplanned and you're like, oh, okay, so we'll just see where this takes us. And then um, often, you know, your, your story will be derailed and sometimes in a not so useful way, but sometimes in a fantastic way. So I love that process. That, that to me is when you're in the zone is, is like the creme de la creme of writing. But I have to say, I also enjoy editing. I find it really satisfying to really sort of wrestle with a knotty problem, whether it's a plot problem or something, and, and um, crack it. And and, and, I, and I love working with my editor at, at um, my publisher too because she she's brilliant and she, she sort of looks at it in a way that I haven't seen because I'm so close to it that she can take a, a sort of more objective view. And um, that sort of teamwork I really enjoy as well because it takes many people to produce a book. It's not just the writer. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? You mean like now? Like, mm, you know, oh, yeah. well, actually, I have travelled a lot, but um, I have never been to Cuba. I would love to go to Cuba. That looks like a really fun country to me, and it's really interesting because it's had a really interesting history. Um, and it's just, you know, lots of music and fun and warmth, and yeah, I would go to Cuba. Mm. Do you have a favourite genre to write or read about? I've always read really widely, but I always, um, I love something with a magical element and it doesn't even have to be full-blown high fantasy. In fact, what I used to really love um, and I still really love is magical realism is where you have like a realist world with those edges of fantasy or edges of just flickers of magic through it. And that's probably one of my favourite things. When that's done well, I think that's amazing. So, um, and I also like to write like that. I always find that I, I have written realist stuff, but I always find that there's always a, an edge of something weird that creeps in, and I, I don't always intend it to, but it does. So, is it hard to come up with a, an idea for a book, or does it just like flow out of your brain? I think the original ideas are not hard. I think what's hard is making them work in a plot and a story and with characters. I think, um, yeah, I think I think ideas come from everywhere but realising them and putting them on the page and making them work as a story is is the challenge. Um, I would say almost too many ideas and it's like which one is the good one, which one has the legs? So it's figuring out which one has the legs, which one has the potential to become a, a full novel. Because that's, a, that's a lot of words. You, you need something really solid to hold that, you know, um, story. So that, that's the challenge I think is figuring out which one it is and how to do it. What would you do if you weren't a writer? Well, in my um, other life, I'm a tour operator, actually. We have our own tour operating business, which is around travel. And um, I the other thing I love to do is travel. So actually, you know, um, 
I, I'm already sort of covering two of the things I really love to do in my life, which is travel and, and writing. But uh, writing is always the thing I love most and, and, and just dreaming up worlds. And I think it's such a privilege to be in a position where you can actually do that and, and sort of be respected for it, you know, make a living out of it. It's, it's quite an amazing thing. So, yeah, I really find it a privilege to be a children's author. Are there any people that influence the characters in your book? I suppose um, not not directly, but um, I think all of your characters have a bit of you in them, if, if, even if that's what you would like to be or, or, or something maybe you've struggled with a little bit or elements of people that you admire. Um, and, and like... Ava's very feisty and, you know, yeah. part of me is really feisty, but I was actually a really shy kid. So perhaps Ava is the kid I would have liked to be in a, in a way. Um, and Jack, I mean, I just love Jack. He's this sort of, you know, very vulnerable boy underneath this street smart exterior. And, and I have a, you know, I think a lot of boys struggle with that. You know, they are soft and vulnerable, as, as is every human. And, and then they're sort of forced into this sort of, sort of tougher exterior. So, yeah, I guess, I guess they're the people... Nobody, nobody. I can say I can't point to anyone and say that's Jack or that's Ava, but they're all an amalgam of people that I've been or wanted to be or, or encountered in my life. Do you have a favourite author? When I was growing up, my biggest influence was Ursula Le Guin. I just adore Ursula Le Guin. I adore her as a person, and as a, well, obviously she's since passed sadly, but um, she was she was a big influence. But um, yeah, if I had to point to one, it would be Ursula Le Guin. Yeah, for sure. How do you make a connection between pictures and words? Like, are there any images that just come to your mind and then you just start writing about them? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, yes, yes. Sometimes um, my writing is inspired by just an image that will flash into my head. And I can give you an example. I don't know if you've read both the books. Yeah, yeah. I've started reading the Okay, second the second one. book has um, some characters called the Needleys in it and, and they come in late, so you may not have encountered them yet. But um, So they're these sort of... Uh, seamstresses with dark so powers they, they're mistresses of the dark so and they're they're headed up by the seamstress and I had an image and they're really key in the second book and actually they're my favorite characters in the second book but I had an image that just came out of nowhere and it was when I was doing my research um you know into into the story my historical research and I had this image of this room full of these really brightly colored seamstresses just sewing 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 through the day and the night and they were just like these really vivid sort of intense creatures but I didn't know what they were doing I didn't know what they were sewing I had no idea no context that was where the needles came from that image I thought they, they've got to go in my book I don't know how yet so so yes I do I do sometimes get these just images that inspire the writing how do you get motivated if you're like down when you're writing a book I read other writers yeah, I, I think I go back to my favourites and I, I read, you know, sort of Angela Carter and Ursula Gwynn and Margaret Atwork and, and, oh, there's so many. I have so many favourites on my... And, and people who use language beautifully, I find that is always a way to kickstart my own. Not because you go off and you do, you think, I'm going to write what she did, but, but it's like, that's what language can do. And it excites you again and um, inspires you. So... Um, yeah, I would I would go back to people who who are, are brilliant with words and, and who have inspired me. What's it like being a writer? What do you do in a normal day? Oh, no day, no two days are the same. Um, it depends at which stage I'm writing as well. Um, so, um, what I love to do every year is take myself off for a writing retreat and that's when this is usually when I'm sort of developing a new work and trying to get it better down so I'll just it's a DIY writing retreat I'll take off 
a few days to a week and I'll just go somewhere, preferably without Wi-Fi, without any sort of network connection. That's the ideal, with a box of food and just me and and my work. And, and I just immerse myself and that is a real, you know, it, it's not possible on a daily basis. But that, that for me is like absolutely essential to immersing yourself and just being away from responsibilities and worrying about what you're going to cook for dinner and having to pick up the cat or, or whatever it is. And you're just away from that domestic sphere and you um, are not talking to anybody and you can really sink into your creative world so deeply and it's, it's you sort of get into a different rhythm and so you might find yourself writing. I never write at night, but I might find myself writing from 11 till 3 in the morning and then sleeping in the And you just get into, you just follow whatever you want to do and that for me is, it, you sort of go into this sort of almost alternate space because it's so different to your everyday experience. But normally... I'm a morning writer. Normally I get up first thing and, and do my get, get my words on the page. I don't look at my phone. I don't look at anybody else's words. I definitely don't check social media. And you sort of go um, from, and I really recommend everybody try this, you just go from your sleep state as close to you immediately as you can into your writing and your, your head's not filled with anything else but maybe your dreams. And, and that is a really good space for me to write. I love to write in that space. When you retire, do you still picture yourself writing? Oh, definitely, yeah. Because I've always done it and I always will and it's something I've, you know, it's part of me. So, yes, I will. What really interests you? Other people, I think. Um, But also other ways of uh, doing things, other cultures, um, other approaches to being a human. Um, Which is why I love travel. I mean, I do love, I'm, I'm very moved nature is very important to me, you know, the wilderness. I, I, I find I need to connect with that on a regular basis. But as well as that, it's it's the people and and, and their histories and, and what they've faced and how they've reacted to them. It's, it always comes back to the people, actually. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up? A writer. <laughs> I did. A vet, actually. No, that's not true. I did want to because I love animals as well. But... Um, Looking back now, I definitely wanted to be an author, but I didn't think it was possible because back then, I never, I never had any author visits, and I never went to writing fairs. I don't even know if they were a thing when I was a kid, actually, or we didn't go to them if they were. Um, I, you know, I'm sort of the first person to uni in my family, and my parents very much encouraged us to read, but we didn't, you know, we didn't do that sort of thing so much. So, um, you know, they were they were always reading to me, and we always had books, but. Yeah, looking back now, young Karen definitely wanted to be an author, but she just didn't think it was necess- it was possible, and she didn't know how to go about it. She didn't think just anybody could be an author, I think. But but yes, a vet. But then I realised you had to do biology and science, and that's not my strong point. <laughs> how do you create an interesting setting when you're writing? Um, I, I focus on the details. Um, I think, but but you have to choose your details. So I think the way to immerse a writer into your world is to be as to create sensory details that, that make them imagine that they're there. And and, and I think a setting, um, yeah, vivid and unusual details will always grab a reader's attention. Um, and other than that, it's the characters. Obviously, you have to care about the character's story. But just when we're talking about setting, yeah, just little flashes. And you don't have to, ca- in fact, you shouldn't describe everything. You should just choose very carefully what are the little vivid differences that are going to make somebody wonder, oh, what was that? Or oh, what, what, what's the point? How does that relate to the world that I'm, I'm in? Yeah, vivid and sensory details. 
Well, that's all the time we have today. Wow, that's Thank flowing. you for answering all our burning questions. It's Thank been... you for listening and have a great day at the Scribblers Festival. Thank you, Lily. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scribblers Radio, recorded on Noongar Buja at the Conversation Caravan at Scribblers Festival 2022. For all the conversations, more info about the festival, or to be part of our next Conversation Caravan podcasting series, head to scribblersfestival.com.au. If you can hear me, shout yay.